0: This is the Coast and Country download from the BBC. You can find the terms and conditions on our website at www.bbc.co.uk forward slash Radio 4. Today you can hear Open Country with me, Helen Mark.
1: it's so primeval isn't it it's amazing isn't it amazing
0: (laughs) the howl of this this domesticated (laughs) wolf yes yes it's wonderful and do they keep making this sort of noise they will yeah they sort
1: of communicate with each other and if there's other packs of dogs around when we're at races and stuff they'll howl between each other so (laughs) it's great it's great what's our first step now well, we need to get the dogs ready to take them out. So uh, they've all been watered, so that's one of the first things we do before we go out. And uh, we need to harness them all up now and get them ready to go. And we're doing it really very early in the morning at the sort of the breaking dawn. Yes. Why, why, why this stage of the day? The reason why we run so early in the morning or later at night is due to temperatures. Obviously, these dogs are usually in, in areas where it's very cold. So sort of northern uh, Europe, uh, the Arctic... So for them, so they don't overheat because they've got thick coats, that's why we run so early. This early morning start is really going to be worth it because,
0: you know, for this week's Open Country, I've come to Hicks Lodge, which is a a nature reserve and it's a cycle centre in the very heart of the National Forest in Leicestershire. Now, this is a very, very special place because where we are now was once the heart of the Midlands coal fields and it's been completely transformed and I'm going to be exploring those changes later on, but I'm starting my journey with Rachel Bailey and Stuart Malcolmson, and of course, this wonderful pack of hounds that um, we're going to be going out mushing. Yes, that's right. Mushing royal. round Hicks Lodge here as part of the National Forest. And I'm really looking forward to this.
1: Are we allowed to touch the dogs? Yes, they're all friendly. Yeah, you can say hello to them
0: all. Oh, oh and their fur is so deep. It's like your hand sinks into it. It's like a glove round your hand. What breed is this? He's a
1: Czechoslovakian wolf dog. We've got a real mixture of dogs here. We've got Czechoslovakian wolf dogs. The other guys are Canadian Eskimo dogs. And how do they take to the national forest round here? They absolutely love it. They have fitted in and acclimatized really, really well. But we do hope for snow on a regular basis, of course. And you work with Stuart? Yeah. Yes, this is Stuart, who uh, helps me run
2: National Forest Mushing. Yes, we set up National Forest Mushing right when the site opened up last year. We needed somewhere a little bit closer to train. We were travelling all over the country to train and and the distances were mounting up, shall we say. So when we realised that the Forestry Commission, the National Forest Company were, were opening this site we decided to get straight in and have a chat with the Forestry Commission about using this site to train dogs. With it being a cycle centre and with it all being new trails, it just seemed to tie in perfectly. Yes,
0: and to get access to a place like this has made a huge difference for you and your, your
2: team of dogs and, and the whole sport, I presume. It absolutely has, certainly for those people that live in, uh, within the National Forest and in the Midlands, it's just meant that we've got a much better access to a facility to train and to get out and run the dogs, which is better for the dogs because it means we can do it more regularly.
0: Has it been a sport for very long?
2: Uh, it's been a sport for an extremely long time. It dates back to kind of Inuit and people in the north taking dog teams up to the North Pole course, and or, or across Canada and actually starting to race across those to try and make those deliveries as quickly as possible.
0: Are we going to race through the National Forest now then?
2: We certainly yeah. are. I think we're going we're gonna to harness the dogs up. We'll hook them up to the equipment and we'll we'll get underway.
1: Wonderful. Are you ready? Three, two, one. Let's go.
0: And immediately. Oh wow! You just feel that instant pull. And we're just gliding along the trail through the trees. We've got the flash of the stems of the silver birches and the greens and the yellows of the leaves. And in front of us, these dogs just taking to the trail. It's just, they just are so eager to move
1: us on. They absolutely adore it. Steady girls, steady boys. Good kids. (laughs) Are you very attached to these dogs? Yes, I wouldn't be without them. They certainly give you an amazing quality of life. Just being out in the forest and just being at one with nature, it's just amazing.
0: Here we are racing through this young woodland of forest. You know, along these paths, steady. And you're not going so furiously fast through the forest that you can't take in... Look, there's a wonderful plantation of oaks on our right. Young trees in the first sort of flush of youth, as it were. And look at that stand of silver birch
1: there, reaching tall above the other trees. They grow so quickly, don't they? In the evenings, we see all sorts of wildlife. You can be gliding down the trail and you'll get a barn owl swoop down over the top of you. Uh, We see buzzards and kestrels and rabbits and hares and badgers.
0: Oh, terrific corner. Good, kids. Get on. What a great adventure to have in the forest. Do you know, here's this place of beauty and tranquillity and we're, we're charging
1: about with these dogs. Isn't it lovely to have both? We couldn't ask for a better venue. I mean, we used places like Sherwood Forest and Thetford Forest, but to be able to use our own forest, because I was born and bred in Leicester, I grew up in the National Forest, playing in the forest when I was young. So for me, it's really important because... We don't know how long we'll have the forest for and how long we'll be a- around to enjoy it, and that's the important thing to me. Let's go home. Pick it up.
0: Whoa. Oh, and we swing back down into the car park. Wow, Two really sharp turns at the end there.
1: Whoa. Stand down. <gasps> down. Good dogs. That was brilliant. You did a great job
0: there, good boy. I love patting these dogs. That wonderfully dense fur that they have, <laughs> and pink tongues hanging out the sides of their mouths, cooling and g- gathering their breath again. Good boy. Got it. Look there. It's just landed on top of one of the support uh, posts. Yeah, and it's a J. A J. Yeah. Great colours.
3: Beautiful. Browns, blues, blacks, whites. Mm -hmm. very distinctive with its blue wing bars. White rump, black tail.
0: This is such a contrast to what I've just been doing. I've been mushing round one of the trails with the dogs. It was a fantastic way to have my first experience of of Higgs Lodge. It was wonderful. But this is much more (laughs) quiet and sedate. We're going to go for a little wander round. And I'm with Alan Dowell. You're the area forester. And Robert Gibbons. They call you Goose yeah. because you're the birdman.
3: I suppose, yeah.
0: <laughs> now Hicks Lodge is just one part of the National Forest. So where are we in terms of the National Forest?
4: The National Forest itself is 200 square miles within the centre of the country. It covers three counties, East Staffordshire on the west side and then centrally within the forest there's South Derbyshire and then towards the east you've got North West
0: Leicestershire. And this is a very new part of the National Forest, isn't it? Well, we can see that first of all all around us. We have the tree tubes and the little sort of burst of leaf growth from the top of it, a little tiny little fountain. What is so striking though is the transformation of this landscape from a mining landscape this this spread of new woodland and then beyond that the more mature trees that we can see on our horizon so it's the story of that alan what was it before
4: where you're standing now only about 10 or 12 years ago was a huge hole in the ground where um, they extracted about a million tons of coal and clay as well Um, we've actually got photographs of the only mature bit of woodland left on the site with um, a digger at the bottom of this huge cliff that must have been 300 foot tall and this clump of woodland just suspended almost in mid-air. And what we've actually got now is we've got a series of lakes, we've got some open areas as well, some of the areas we graze to keep the grass short, and we've got various areas of planted uh, woodland, which will eventually obviously grow as the woodland matures.
0: I can easily see some of the young oaks which are sprouting from the top of the tree tubes. So you put in lots of native broadleaf species
4: Yes, I mean, the majority of what we've got planted here have been oak, ash and birch, which are the native species to the Midlands. But mixed in with that, we've also got some common alder, because as a tree, they actually help improve the fertility of the soil for the surrounding trees.
0: Ooh, sorry to disrupt you, but there's a heron there. What a bit of a display that was there, Robert.
3: Yeah, seen several birds while we've been walking through. I've had some um, meadow pipits come across. We've got several skylarks about.
0: Yeah. Just as you say that, there are skylarks are coming it down, is indeed, yes. and it's a much bigger bird than you realise when you actually get a, a yeah. close visual of it. Normally, it's just a little black dot in the sky.
3: Can you hear them? Just start to um, do that yeah. call. Cool. Lovely.
0: Should we walk on round to the water's yeah, edge? absolutely. This is what you call the big pond.
4: Well, this is the largest lake on the site. This lake itself is about seven and a half acres in size, and it's got two small islands.
0: And to look at it, actually, we're having to shield our eyes from the sun. There's a great streak of sunlight right across the middle of the lake. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, but, yes, I see the islands there. Yeah. What have we got there, Robert?
3: We've got Canada geese, mute swans, mallard. There's an errant in there. There's a few mute swans we've got and black-headed gulls, mm-hmm. which is plenty of.
0: And the gulls are just dipping down into the water and rising up again.
3: Yeah, yeah. Just we, dip down and up. Yeah, we've got some lapwings, which are down on the shoreline there. Oh, there we go. There's one just yeah. flying in, just in front of
4: the building yep. now.
3: And there's a lapwing just dropping out onto the open, open That's area. Good to see. Just, just perfect.
0: Now, <laughs> there's another little flock down here. They're all primary school children, aren't they, Alan? They are and indeed. Yeah. From,
4: from our local school, from um, Donisthorpe Primary School. Mm-hmm. So um, quite a lot
0: of them are armed with the uh, little fishing nets.
4: Absolutely. A bit of yes. pond dipping
0: going on. Let's go down and see what they're doing. There's a group of uh, pupils and they're clustered around a tray filled with water and Mrs. Rutledge hi you're, is she your class teacher? Yes yeah. yes, all right. and what she got you out doing today? Lots pond pond of pond dipping. So you've been out with your nets. Do you know what's in there? Look at that thing swimming it's about there. A great, great water. water I love the way it flaps its arms yeah. like yeah. that. Well, whatever you call them. Legs. It keeps
5: on doing backflips. Yeah. Backflips yeah. are cool.
0: <laughs> so.
5: What are those? Water spiders. water spiders. And yeah. that's a great yeah.
6: larva.
0: Now watch this. That's thread yeah. of an insect there. Yeah. And did you just catch these? Just. Yeah. 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 Just yeah. this morning there? Yeah. And what have you got in your net? You have... Look at this, Mrs
6: Rutledge. and oh, a wow.
0: How long would you say that was, Harvey? About one and a half centimetres. OK, and it's a funny sort of brownie colour. Oh, it's just flipped over on its back. Mm-hmm. It's got the long, you know, that long tail, which you can almost see through, can't you? Yeah. Do you think this is quite a young newt?
5: Yeah. Quite young, yeah.
0: So what do What's you do here? now? You bring them out and have a good look at them? Yeah.
5: yeah.
6: yeah. Then we've we got, got to the put them in, in the water.
0: In the water trays. and So everyone can see them. Mm.
6: Yeah. And
0: then you put them back at the end of your pond dipping session, do you? Yeah. 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 Well, isn't that wonderful to see that? Yeah. It's
5: really amazing. The different animals from yeah. the pond.
0: These ponds are chock-a-block full with all sorts of insects, which is why you get all the great birds coming down to feed and why you get the frogs coming. Yeah. So that it's like a little larder for them, isn't it? It's their yeah. fridge. They come and open the door and see what's in there. right?
6: It's like a natural cafe. <laughs>
7: So we, we've just walked through history here, out of the um, industrial village of Overseal, down long close, into Ban Butz, which means bean field. So that's where the villages would have grown their beans, presumably for winter fodder or something along those lines.
0: Mm-hmm. And what industry?
7: Well, by the 19th century, it was coal and clay, which is what the area is founded on. That's mm. why it became so well populated.
0: And yet we're still now, today, walking through the National Forest. Yeah, exactly so. Yeah,
7: yeah. <laughs> but it so has it,
0: that landscape history. It does. Now, I've left um, Hicks Lodge and I've come over towards Overseal, which yeah. is one of the villages within the National Forest, and I'm with Mark Knight and Dot Morrison, who, you both live in the village of Overseal. Yes, Overseas. that's yeah, we right. Do, yeah. <laughs> yes. You have a nice little connection, actually, we've just discovered. <laughs> yeah,
7: we do, she yeah. She to be
0: your geography teacher. She you? did,
7: yeah. So I'm expecting to get told <laughs> off. <laughs>
0: we've come from Hicks Lodge and we're here now in overseal it's just that idea that we are still within the National Forest and it's this great spread 200 square miles it's a you know an incredibly bold planting project isn't it environmental project and Sophie Churchill you are the chief executive of the National Forest Company so (laughs) you you can paint a, a broad picture of this magnificent forest for us.
6: I suppose historically we're almost going back to the medieval idea of a forest where you had a lot of open space and it was actually used for really important economic things. I mean, hunting and the socialising of the king and catching meat was all quite important stuff. And I take a kind of encouragement from that because it's not just about lots of blocks of little woods. It's how the whole thing hangs together as a working slice of England. Hence, we can walk through open fields Mm. before we go back into trees again. You're not suddenly lost under a canopy of leaves. Exactly. And when we're done, there'll be a mosaic of different types of landscape across 200 square miles. But the thread, the spine of it will be the trees. It's getting an idea of the scale of this project. You know, where it is, where it lies. I know it's in three counties. It's in three counties and it's a lung for the Midlands and out on the west side you've got the remains of an ancient forest which is called the Needwood Forest and that's based on a limestone landscape and then it comes and it stretches through South Derbyshire, North West Leicestershire and then right out towards Leicester and there again it's another what I call a, a posh bookend because that's the ancient forest of Charnwood which is granite based, it's got some of the oldest Precambrian fossils in the country. And I know that you
0: have planted your 8 millionth tree, but it isn't just about numbers.
6: Now, if you talk to a serious forester, they'll quite often say, well, I really don't know why you're talking about millions of trees, because, of course, you're going to be taking out lots of them when they're 20 years old, because they'll need thinning, so it's really not the number. And that's true, but on the other hand, it, is, it gives an idea of the scale. And it's amazing how fast they grow as well. You think maybe it's going to be two generations before you see a wood, but you can open your front door and be yeah. in a wood now, yeah, can't absolutely you? Absolutely. Yeah, you mm-hmm. love that idea, yes. isn't it? And
5: to walk in it, Dot, you Ten lead minutes. walks. Yeah, Ten minutes from my home and I'm down here. Mm. And the landscape is just wonderful. Well, I take my health walkers all around this area on Tuesday afternoons <laughs> and it's endless what paths we can choose to walk on. Very convenient for visitors because it's easily accessible from the M42 and the A38 to get into the National Forest. The tourism in particular is really growing. In an area that wouldn't
0: have had it before, particularly. Absolutely. Absolutely.
5: If you'd asked Mark and I 30 years ago about Swaddlingcoat area and overseal and people coming on holiday here and having a holiday let in this area... We'd well, have, would have been,
7: Yeah, we would. We I mean, really would. It was a standing joke in the village in the, in the 70s that you apologise, you know, we'd say, I'm oh, sorry about the mess, we've got the coal board in. Just because it was so filthy. Everywhere was. But all the villages around here were. They were industrial villages, you know. Mining villages. Mining villages, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And you're talking about the landscape that we are in now, where we have wonderful open fields and yes. beautiful swathes of forest. Yes. Who decided, why was it decided to put a national forest in such um, a woebegone part of england
7: the idea of it came as a top down we will put a forest here but what i liked about it was the communities that were here were already strong they were about to go into decline but they sort of picked up this idea of living in a forest which is new to people around here and and ran with it and are now sort of discovering the benefits of it
6: and of course we haven't stopped people farming we're not trying to take people out of agriculture one or two farmers actually stopped daring completely and put it all over into the national forest maybe to do other businesses around it but most people who've put some of their farm in have carried on doing agriculture and that's really important so you had farmland you've
0: used that and you've used what were the old open cast mines and the clay works now dot you do remember this i can't see it in the landscape now i need your memories of it what are they Well,
5: 40 years ago when I came to live in Oversea and I can remember walking uh, east from the village and being absolutely shocked when I saw the landscape. It was huge piles of clay, huge holes, often with water standing in them, and rows and rows of drying sheds in pipe yards. Rows and rows of pipes waiting to be... uh, Well, I suppose exported, because these did go worldwide. Oh, the clay long drainage pipes. that's right. And uh, in addition to that were round kilns, rows and rows of those. Fortunately for me, they'd just transferred to be gas-fired, but before that, when they were coal-fired, the environment wasn't just an eyesore, the air pollution was horrendous. And at least now, we're on payback with these trees. But forests, they're quite a strong part of our psyche, aren't they? Mm. um,
0: Forests are part of our history. You know, think what was Mm. built from forests, our homes, the great fleets that travelled the oceans and discovered new worlds, they came from forests. You know what I mean? It is a very Mm. important part of ourselves as human beings, the forest.
3: Mm. Yeah,
7: and and keeping that connection with that and and perhaps rediscovering that connection with that, I I think is um, very important. And I suspect that people do it without realising why they're doing it as well. They like to come to wild places and perhaps not even think about why, other than it's spiritually uplifting almost, you know. It's it's a place where you can come and regenerate yourself.
0: Absolutely. What colour are we following?
8: Yellow and green.
0: Okay, those are beginners and intermediates, aren't they? Well, I've come back from Overseal over to Hicks Lodge again because you can't come here and not take in these tracks on two wheels (laughs) and I'm in good company I'm with Mark Stapleford and Mark you are well I can see it on the top of your lycra top there team bongo (laughs) cycling club but it's just you and I today in the forest cycling
8: sounds good
0: good trails
8: (laughs) yeah brilliant absolutely fantastic trails
0: and it does create opportunity for all levels of cycling does it
8: oh yeah and you've got that added bonus of it being an all-weather trail because of the gravel tracks family and beginner routes mm-hmm. plus the blue route it, it gives us a bit of everything
0: there's a lot of leaf litter on the path and we sort of race through the puddles or two and get <laughs> a bit of a spattering
8: yeah. and it's
0: worth it isn't it
8: oh you can't beat a bit of mud
0: you yourself mark are um a landscape architect so when you look at this place and this new woodland within the National Forest and you know what it was before what do you think about the place now? What are your feelings about it? It's
8: great, I mean it's as a landscape architect you're looking at regenerating an area but also it's for the wildlife you know it's improved it tenfold you know when you start seeing buzzards and you can ride through it and see foxes and rabbits, and it's nice to see an area grow and sort of give something back in itself and sort of grab nature back.
0: Do you think people will forget forever that it was an open-cast mine?
8: I don't think, because there's a rich history of mining round here, and obviously a lot of generations have worked down the pits, but the thing is, they've all but closed, and you've got to generate more interest, more business, you know, and get the local economy going. And things like this, that the local council National Forest, Forestry Commission do obviously brings a bit more not only people together, but they bring a bit more to the local economy as well.
0: Your profession gives you a deeper insight in Mm. what it means to transform a harsh... Ugly environment into this new part of the national forest, this young emerging growth. I mean, we are cycling through an energy of growth, yeah, aren't we? Yeah,
8: naturally. You know, energy, you can absorb
0: yeah. that. I think sometimes. Yeah, definitely.
8: People are quick enough to clear trees, destroy wildlife, and diminish whatever environment there is. So things like this regeneration schemes really give something back, not just to nature but to the you know, local communities.
0: There's a variety of trails, Mark, that you can take depending on your ability.
8: Yeah, there's uh, yellow and green. Yellow's, I think, for family. Green's for beginners. And then there's the blue at Hicks Lodge, which is for intermediate riders. They've got a bit more technical skill. We're coming up to a little bit of a, a blue section here, which I've convinced you to have a go at. And <laughs> it will make you smile. So if we just go on to the blue...
0: <laughs> woo! Just sort of little high rises you go over. Oh, and another one. <laughs> on, a, on a trickier trail like this, I am, I'm looking less at the surroundings and concentrating more on yeah, actually staying on the bike. Definitely. Which is a shame because they keep changing with little bits of open grassland. Whoops, keep pedalling, Ellen. Whoa. <laughs> and... These young, look at that yellow oak tree there. It's my height. It's only about five or so feet high. Oh, I love it. And clusters over this side.
8: And you've got the broadleaf existing woodland a bit here with the silver birch, you know, the hazel.
0: And we're just weaving through it on our bikes. What a day it's been. I started behind (laughs) the sled dogs and then I finish on... Two wheels weaving my way through the trees. Oh, That's it. what a wonderful forest experience that is! <laughs> Catch up, Mark! <laughs> Woo!